Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. And this week we're talking about choosing a degree. Uh, I love this subject. Before we let's let's see if we if we if we um, if we if we pull this off, Nick. Um, well, the reason we're talking about this is because a really interesting paper which I saw recently. I think it's a, a I think it's a recent publication or is still being published, but um, it's by John Conlon and Dev Patel who looked at um, what kinds of uh, careers students imagine they're going to have mm. when they choose degrees. And they found using various uh, instruments that um, uh, generally, or at least a large number of students, choose degrees based on what they call a stereotypical job, right? Okay. So in other words, if you, if you study art, tell me a stereotypical art job. Artist. Correct. And if, you're, <laughs> if you study um, communications, a stereotypical job might be... PR? Yeah, well, writer. A writer. Writer, okay, yeah. And if you study nursing, you might want to become a nurse. Right. So we've got uh, stereotypical jobs are associated with lots of different degrees. Right. So mm. now uh, I can tell you that um, so something, uh, a single figure percentage of people who study communication, communication has become writers. Whereas uh, freshers, 40 uh, percent of them think that they're going to be a writer when they do communication. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and uh, something like uh, just over 60% of art students in their first year think they will be an artist, whereas just under 20% do become artists. Oh, hold right? on. Sorry, that you can do a degree in communications. Mm. Okay. All right. Um, and so, uh, and whereas, you know, some of them is not the case. Uh, I mean, as you might expect, um, you know, the number of people studying education who want to be a teacher is about 80%, mm. but about 60% actually become teachers. So, you know, not as big a discrepancy, but there is always a discrepancy. And on average, that discrepancy, um, you know, is, is around about sort of 50%. So in other words, you've, you've got probably on average uh, half the chance of becoming uh, the thing you're studying th than you think you have. Right. So anyway, they so they found they found obviously that this what this means is that people are making um, decisions, uh, particularly uh, what they call uh, about risky degrees, which are the ones that have low frequency typical jobs. Um, and of course, this is probably leading to a lot of people with the wrong degree. It may be, depending on what that means. Um, so the question is, I suppose, what does the, what does this tell us about the way that we make these sorts of life decisions? Um, but also, how could we do better? What methods can we use to try and do better at ch at making these kinds of decisions, which really are going to affect the rest of your life? Mm, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Nice intro. Um, Immediately, I've got a couple couple of thoughts from that, um, which is I, you know, I'm I'm not sure um, the, the very premise of that research. I'd have to have a, a close look at at it um, of basing degree of, of matching degrees to jobs, right? Because mm. it talks that that immediately has um, an assumed um, um, judgment about a degree is for a job, right? Um, well, let's just say that when you ask people, so a lot of this is based on surveys of what people say, um, it, you, you know, you, you find the job that most people doing that degree expect to be doing. 
that, yeah, that's okay. the stereotypical so it's, so it's job. Not saying, right, it's not saying, okay. right. They're not making a judgment about it. Yeah, it's just like, enough. okay, what do most people who study, um, you know, what's the what's the job most frequently cited by people studying education yeah, is the yeah, thing yeah. they'll be doing? Yeah, so notwithstanding that as well, um, I think the sort of, mis let's call it a mismatch for a moment. I think, first of all, yeah, this mismatch is, well, the age that we are when we choose a degree, because fortunately, or not, you know, we're not, our thoughts are not fossilized from about the age of 17 onwards and, you know, we change and, uh, and what we want. But also, um, I think also why, you know, what's a degree for and what do you want mm. to get from it? What's the aim of it? Which seems quite close to the kind of things we, 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 we like to think about in decision making. Anyway, Chris. Yeah, so I came across a study um, uh, by a couple of um, Nottingham University academics in 2014, Scotona and Ferguson. Um, and they looked, they essentially looked at um, reasons that um, prospective students and then studying students gave um, for uh, pursuing the degrees they were pursuing. Um, and uh, well, essentially what they did is they looked at, um, uh, they distilled it down into four reasons why people might um, do a degree. Uh, they looked at um, career concerns. So like, will it get me my career? Um, intrinsic interest in the subject, um, helping, what they called helping, which is basically, do, will it provide you with an opportunity to help others or benefit society in, in some way, you know, if you end up being trained in a particular thing or whatever it might be. And then the the last one, and uh, the one which I'm, I'm sure many people will relate to, is uh, what they termed loafing. So is it an easy option for getting into higher education you know do they pick the degree because they're good at it and it's easy or what whatever it might be and so they looked at proposing those those reasons and then they, they looked at um, how people sort of assigned affinity to those you know how they prioritized those different those different reasons and how that broke down across different things so um, for example uh, there were there were gender differences um, uh, men were more likely to provide um, the career interest and uh, the easy option, the loafing option. Um, women were more likely uh, for, um, to look at the intrinsic interest of the subject and this uh, idea that it was beneficial in some way to, to society and would support helping uh, as they saw it. Um, so that was quite an, an interesting um finding of the study but I think the more interesting more insightful bit is what people on different degrees how they assigned themselves to those those um, categories and what kinds of degrees were well represented when people thought x versus y so unsurprisingly um, helping people on medical degrees associated uh, you know with that as a as a reason they were doing their degree I can help people when I'm trained and you know uh, so on <clears throat> um, loafing was was most well represented oh don't tell us okay well you're gonna get it is it arts it's arts and humanities <laughs> yeah yeah um, so um, so loafing is people going oh I'm oh, this will be easier yeah I might as well go to university yeah I'll get a degree and, and it'll be the easiest degree okay. to get so okay. I'll, I'll and, have and the uh, and those fortune 500 companies will be snapping me up with my art degree from mm. Loughborough yeah exactly um, uh, interest didn't really feature particularly strongly but what but um, in, in any subject versus another but uh, the only group that wasn't um, 
uh, uh, was sort of underrepresented, definitely didn't um, associate with interest, were, were engineers, oh. um, apparently. Um, and then Korea um, uh, was well represented in medicine, uh, engineering, science degrees, but not in um, arts and humanities. So, so actually, they, um, they didn't feel that uh, their arts and humanities um, degree would, would get them a job. They were literally going for the easiest option to keep them off the streets, I suppose. <laughs> but, um, um, so, so, but I thought that, that sort of zeroes in a little bit on your point, uh, Fraser, about what, what are degrees for, why are people doing them? That, at least... Uh, reflects the sort of concerns of students as as they're doing them. You know, I'm sure there's other things, other factors going on as well. But um, I thought that was quite an interesting um, breakdown of looking. Well, also let's and let's delve into that a little bit personally in a moment. Um, look, let's just talk about what degrees we did. So, uh, Nick, you did a philosophy, philosophy and economics, economics, yeah, right. Uh, what, what did you do? I did sport and exercise. Sport science. and exercise. I did theology. Um, and then you've got a doctorate as well. Um, you've got a master's, haven't you? Mm. You've got a master's in economics? Uh, yeah. Okay, and your, your doctorate... Well, physiology. Is physiology. Yeah, and I've got a master's in international relations and I'm also doing another master's now um, in documentary photography. Um, so, Chris... Hang on, you're a theologian, aren't you? Yeah. Did I not well, say? Make your mind up. You just said you did international relations. No, for my MA. Oh, you didn't mention that. Yeah, yeah. I did mention, yeah? You didn't. I did theology. Um, and then you've got a doctorate as well. Anyway, um, Chris, why did, um, thinking about the, those different sort of reasons, which I think are nice reasons to look at, why did, why did Nick study um, economics and philosophy, do you think? I think he is an intrinsic interest uh, person. Um, mm. So I think he found those areas to be um, reflective of the, the, the best way to understand, um, you know, the, the world around him. And I think he was interested, uh, intrinsically interested in that. And we'll see um, how he feels about himself yeah. doing that. He, he might be lying mm. to us or, or misguided. I don't know, deluded. But um, why did, um, so Chris, I think you studied sport uh, because also interested, I think. Um, but also, but thinking, hey, my interest really might fit. There's, there's definitely a tangible career in that direction, maybe. And so I would like to say 50-50 between those two elements, maybe. Um, Nick, me and theology. To get Career girls. driven. To get girls, definitely. <laughs> uh, I, uh, but I, I, would, I would guess, I think, you, I think you've said before that the reason you did it was so you could, you could argue more effectively against religious people. Um, but but I, if it wasn't that, I would guess that it's, I mean, it's the kind of subject which um, you is probably disconnected from reality more, <laughs> more than many others, it, to the extent that you, you, you can really learn all you need to know about theology uh, by reading books. You don't really have to kind of go out and do field studies or do some data analysis to find out the nature of of uh, God, you know, um, but yeah. So, I, but I think probably, uh, it, like many other things in life, it, it would have been some kind of whim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. So let's sort of just see how accurate we all are. Um, yeah, no is the answer to what you're saying. Mm. Um, is that um, 
I, I can't believe you said that theology is detached from reality. <laughs> but um, no, I will. I think it was a mixture of, first of all, I was very, very interested in it from a very, very young age, coming from a very irreligious background. Mm. So I had that kind of space to sort of explore, as it were. Um, but I was definitely there was, a, there, was a, there was a short period where I thought, hey, I think I want to be a lawyer, maybe study law. But theology is much easier to get into. Right, so the loafing. Um, yeah. the loafing but theory, but yeah. I honestly do think that that's not quite true. Um, and that I did, I was genuinely interested in the subject and remain so. Um, definitely not to get girls. And if, if so, that, <laughs> I, you know, I failed miserably. Um, Nick, for you, was that the case? Um, I am actually really interested in philosophy if, 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 and economics. Uh, so, I mean, if I would, if I had known everything I know now and I was choosing an intrinsic interest subject, it w probably would be philosophy. It'd certainly be mm. my top five. But tactically, it was merely because I was applying to to Oxford mm. for, to do PPE, mm. which is like the ultimate generalist course. Mm. And, and I sort of just quite like the idea of that. But anyway, I didn't get in. But it just, meant that I could. You should have applied for theology. I mean, they'll, well, they'll take well, anyone. Okay, apparently. <laughs> but, but I didn't get in. And so I ended up doing um, some very, you know, my other applications were various combinations of philosophy and economics. But I'm really glad I ended up with philosophy and economics because they go together far more than you might imagine. And um, I, as Chris said, I actually loved, turned out, it turned out that I loved philosophy. All the things that I was interested in, mm. um, which I didn't know was what philosophy was, turned mm. out to be encompassed in, in philosophy. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. So, in fact, Chris is right, but it's the other way around. It's not why I did it, but it's probably why I, you know, really enjoyed doing it when sure. I did. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Just as an aside, if there's any comfort, I, I sometimes think about you and the fact that you, you, you nearly study PPE there. Every and I think that well, that can't be true because I really like you, right? Oh, I think you're a nice person. I think uh, there's, uh, you're my mate. I like you, right? However, every single person I knew um, at university who studied P PPE was a total. What are the words I, I can say? They were just complete, overly ambitious assholes, mm. nasty, awful people, awful. And you're not like that. Oh, so thanks. well, that, that's probably yeah. it. Then that'll be that'll be why. That's that's why. Yeah. That's why. Um, and just an, an extra aside, I chose one paper at university that was a pure philosophy paper. I hated it. Oh. And the, and the tutor was awful and just so anti-me, just because he thought all theologians were mad evangelical Christian mm. types. And he was the only tutor who was not nice, because all the oh, rest okay. were lovely vicars. What about you? Uh, so I actually I actually started doing uh, Italian and classics. Um, oh. Was uh, my um, uh, mm. uh, initial first degree. And I completely dropped out in my my first year. I com I, I basically didn't attend any any lecture after the first term. I don't think they they saw me. So I had to make it was a fiasco. Get on, people. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Although, if uh, if only I'd gone to some of my Italian lectures, I might have been able to understood what <laughs> you said there, Fraser. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So so I I um, then. Uh, had to make a decision about what I could stomach for three three years, yeah. and um, and I was very sporting, mm. uh, and so it was it was really about this this will be tolerable for 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 three years, um, and I'm very I'm very glad I did I did it because um, it I mean it wasn't actually all about practical sport I I should mm -hmm. say it, you know sport and exercise sciences. Um, is really about uh, it's about physiology and, and human physiology. It's about um, psychology of performance, mm. and it's about the 
biomechanics, the sort of physics behind uh, optimal movement um, and, uh, you know, and an element of how do you encourage people to exercise for their own benefits, mm. you know, like how do you influence a population? So I, it was actually having picked it sort of because I was like, well, I like doing physical activity. That's what I'll do. I, I ended up, um, you know, learning about a way of, you know, several different disciplines in, in with one sort of um, topical focus. So, so we've got this problem. Yes. Which is that you don't know really what a subject is at the point you choose it. If you knew, if I known, if I'd known all about economics yeah. by the time I signed up to do it, then I would already have been an economist, and it yeah. would be unnecessary. I, I, I think Are you going to link this in as well with what, what we do career-wise? Well, may, as well, maybe we could do. So yeah, keep, talk yeah, about keep going. We, but, but I mean, you know, so I mean, intrinsic. It's an intrinsic problem that you're signing up to do something for three years, which you know nothing about, mm. um, or at least you perhaps know the tip of the iceberg, and and that the tip of the iceberg may be a bit unrepresentative of the rest of the iceberg. Um, you know, and, and and probably some subjects have that more than others. Like some are harder to read. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like if you were sort of interested in engineering, you'd probably have a pretty good idea about um, what engineering will involve. I, I think you can read it. It's a legible sort of subject, you know, um, whereas I suspect economics is actually what economics feels like when you're doing it. It's probably nothing like why people what people think of when they think of economics. Um and uh, so, so yeah, so there's a, there's a problem right away. So how should we, how do we make a decision where we're, you know, uninformed? Um, and, and in fact, it's going to have very significant consequences. I think the study that I talked about shows that if you are making it on the basis of some expectation about your career, you well, don't. That's a bad way of doing it, right? And, and it is, uh, to some extent, the, the representativeness heuristic which mm. which we know causes people to make bad uh, judgments about things um, where, you know, people think of the most typical um, example of something and then attach all of the other uh, attributes of that thing to that topic. So, you you, you know, if you think of, um, oh, if I'm going to study biology, what's the most typical thing? A doctor. And then you just sort of think, right. So, you know, everyone studying bio biology must be like a doctor. And um, and it's it, yeah so that and and of course that that's worse in what they call these the risky degrees so so the ones where the rep the most representative thing is actually very very unrepresentative on account of being um, still very unlikely you know when there's a very broad spread of possible things you could do with something sorry what is a risky degree a degree that yeah, so I don't tell me where where, me. where the, your chance of doing the typical thing is yeah. very very low okay that's what they so so even though the most typical thing that an arts graduate would do the most typical thing is perhaps be an artist hardly any artist you know you hardly any of them actually do become artists so the point is that it's not very peak whereas let me give you a counter but i'd like be interested to know percentage of people who don't study art what how many of them because it still might be a, a much presumably a far higher percentage than in the general populace or even yeah, just degree maybe I mean, but, I but just sorry, to, so just to finish the point if you study vet if you study to become a vet Right, you really are very likely to become a vet. Mm. Same with dentistry, mm. right? So those those are if you think of oh a person studying vet uh, studying to be a vet, are they a bit like vets? The answer is yes. You can draw mm. inferences from the population of vets to the population of vets veterinary students, but you can't do that with art. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, you, yeah. you you know the typical art student is not going to be an artist. So mm. it's not a good way to think about 
Um, you know, if you think, oh, I want to be an artist, um, don't don't think, oh, I am. You know, uh, if I study uh, art, I'll become an artist. It, it you may still have more chance of becoming an artist than you do studying engineering. Mm. But, but the baseline is pretty low, I yeah, suspect. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, that's the that's the key point, really. But they, he's actually they they have got this very handy matrix which they put together, which um, uh, is uh, sort of riskiness. And what it what it shows is one axis: how many people end up doing the ter stereotypical job, um, and on the other axis, what is the average salary if you don't have that job. So I think this is a really good decision mm. tool, right? Because you can look at what you're thinking of studying. And really the, the things that are the, the worst are in the bottom left. So they're, they're things where um, you've got a low chance of hitting the jackpot of getting that job. And if you don't, you're going to end up with a low salary. What's right? the name of the study again? Um, it was called, uh, actually, I can't remember the name of it. It's anyway, like you stereo it degree stereotyping. Oh, yeah, okay, we'll put a link to it. Yeah. So but bottom left, um, so liberal arts, English, communications, recreation, uh, fine arts, all things where, look, you, you've got a low chance, like under a quarter chance on average of, of becoming the thing associated with that degree. And if you don't get it, your average salary will be um, will be quite low. Mm. Um, the on the far on the bottom right. So that's sort of things where you've got a good chance of getting that job. But the but the salaries mm -hmm. are still relatively low. You've got health and education mm -hmm. at the top right left where you've got a low chance of doing the stereotypical thing but you get paid well even if you don't you've got economics maths physics and in the top right right this is the sweet spot where you've got a good chance of of being that thing and your salary is going to be good anyway engineering hmm. basically i think if you're generally good at things and you know you don't want to be sort of overly specialised, and you're generally good at sort of sciencey type, sciencey engineeringy type things. Engineering is a good fallback. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do with engineering. So, so yeah, I I, I think basically that, that that would be my. It's it's worth being aware of that when you go in. And and one of the things that they looked at was can you debias people by making them by exposing them to this information? And apparently, it does work. And and that oh, really yeah and that falls that's that shouldn't be a surprise because what that boils down to is taking the outside view as it's known which we talk about I think quite a lot but the outside view is uh, where you instead of thinking about yourself and your motivations and thinking how special you are mm. you start by going well what am I what population am, am I part of and let's look at the outcomes for that population um, and and forget about you and your quirks and your special just say okay if this was just a random person on the street doing art i don't care how much you think you care about becoming an artist how many people get become an artist and the answer is like you know for 10 percent you just need to that's a more realistic assessment of what is going to happen to you than um than than the one that you will come to by inventing a story about yourself and mm. how you're totally driven by art and you can mm. imagine your future of living in a garret in paris painting mm. painting uh sunflowers i kind of like this mm. but it is a kind of way of looking at things that only an economist would. Um, there's something about it that... Is you mean sort of rational? Exactly. Well, the thing is that... The rational, rest, you say rational as if it's a good thing. The rest of your life is going to be significantly affected by this choice. Mm. It really... You, I, I like think, the way you're talking to me. You're like my father. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, I th well, I mean, look, do you think you did the right thing by studying yeah, theology? Definitely. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. I mean... 
Um, that's what's got me this Rolls Royce that I arrived in here today. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, so that uh, I guess partly there is going to be an element of, uh, and I often think about this with how many other things could have accidentally happened to you and things would have been different and how much should you sit down and nurse your regrets about the the path you didn't take. Uh, and I sort of think, well, probably, as we've discussed before, you know, wherever you go, there you are. Mm. And the biggest driver of your life outcomes ultimately is probably you. Mm. Um, and your degree probably doesn't make as much of a difference as you think it mm. does. And if you're really motivated by something, you can study it later and, mm. you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so, uh, but, but I mean, there's, there's no doubt that, you know, it, it does, it does have an impact. So it's worth trying to get it right. Yep. Um, yeah. Chris? Well, I, I was quite interested by um, changes over time in, in degree patterns and what that tells us about people's decision making about degrees and mm -hmm. why it might have changed. And so I, I came across this study published uh, um, that Forbes did, actually, um, and it looked at um, the US, US college system uh, and it contrasted 2009-2010 uh, students with 2019-2020 uh, students. So a, a decade, you know, the last decade, more, more or less. Um, uh, hold up, hold up. So we're talking about uh, basically sort of late millennials, if it's 2010-ish, mm -hmm. people born in the early 90s versus people born in the early 2000s, basically. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, on, and, yeah, and what average. did you look at, like the percentage of things so, they were So they were looking, they looked at a few things. So first of all, who does degrees, right, which, which is quite interesting. So they found, for example, that the gender balance hadn't really shifted in, in 10 years ago. It was 57% of students, uh, undergraduate students were uh, females, 43% uh, males. To, uh, um, more recently, 58% and 42%. So very little shift. Uh, ethnicity, um, 70, uh, back, you know, 10 years or so, a decade or go, ago um, uh, hence, um, uh, the, the, it was 71% of students were, were from a white background. Uh, or, or were white, um, uh, and more recently that's dropped to 58%. Oh, well, that's quite a change. Yeah, now the number of students in the US system has gone up by 24%. So oh, okay. it's not necessarily yeah, that yeah. fewer white people so are report, doing yeah. degrees, it's that more people are doing degrees and that has been taken yep. up by other ethnic okay. groups. Um, so that's quite interesting in terms of who's doing degrees, who's deciding to do degrees, and so on. Um, but in terms of subjects, the top losers, i.e. the ones that had shed most numbers of students um, uh, over that 10 years, were education, uh, English language literature, uh, social sciences and history, foreign languages, uh, liberal arts, humanities, theology, uh, philosophy, um, architecture, uh, and weirdly, or at least I, th I thought weirdly, um, uh, ethnic, uh, cultural, and gender studies, mm. which I would have thought would have given, you know, current interests and so on, would have gone on a, a, yeah. a sort of growth um, thing. The top gainers were um, it's, it's gonna be engineering, like marketing, or engineering, something. Uh, computer um, and information sciences, um, psychology, uh, uh, things related to um, homeland security and law enforcement, health professionals, um, communications and journalism, yeah. environmental type stuff, and maths and stats. So big winner for, for STEM subjects over arts is, is, um, is the first thing. 
subjects like computer science, for example, had undergone uh, a 250% increase in the number of students over that, that 10 years. So interesting, like I, I, I guess a shift towards more vocational type things would be my, my sense in that period. So maybe the meaning of a degree and the reason, you know, it's not like 10 years ago we had loads more translators and, oh, well, maybe there were more translators, but there weren't loads more social scientists and writers and so on and so forth. So, so maybe people back then were selecting degrees based on other factors, whereas now it's it's got a more vocational focus. Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I know anecdotally, and I and <clears> I don't I don't have the data to back this up, but the anecdotal evidence feels very strong. Is is this thing about um, how you know obviously loads more people have degrees now i mean tons more people have degrees than they did you know in the in the, in the 60s and 70s when my parents went to university you know it was sort of two three percent of british people went you know it's the cream of the grammar school crop who were already the cream of the school crop um you know who went to university and of course all upper middle class people went to university um and in general you didn't most people who went to university didn't really need a career you know they typically had plenty of money already or at least they were going to get one whatever they did for their degree right because they had got a degree of any kind they were that was sort of 90 percent of the interview over congratulations can you start on monday um and uh whereas now of course you know if everyone's got a degree necessarily it is not going to have that kind of sorting effect. It, it can't. It doesn't act as as much of a filter. And so costs now, have gone up as well. Yeah, right. So you're now you've got to. It. Yeah, exactly. But now, yeah. so now you've got to really. It, it, it is about what you study and about whether it's making you more productive. Um, so look, we, we, it's obviously such a vast subject. It's quite difficult because one thing we just talked about is the changing landscape of, of funding of degrees in the UK, amount of people going to university in the UK, um, and also which sort of in a, it changes why people go to university, which is slightly reflected in those US things you were talking about, which again sort of sort of worries me, turns me into a grumpy old git um, because you know. Um, just people just doing stuff purely vocationally. I think you just less interesting population, to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you want to you want to meet someone who does studies, uh, who is um, you know. Uh, analysis and decision making and, and did a degree in sports and sports psychology and so on. That's kind of what you want, I feel. Um, well, if you want they're that, connected. you should pay for it. Uh, well, yeah, well, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I need to sort of bring us round to the end. Well, here. I've got my three part advice. Great, because I've got questions. Um, let's have the advice first, Dad. Uh, OK, so very, very simple. Um, first thing you should do is do get a degree. Okay. Right. It's still better to get a degree, probably, than not. Oh. I mean, for, I mean, just look at the the stats. It's yeah. taking the outside view. Um, so in the UK, uh, 20, 2014, for example, um, people with no qualification um, have uh, a- average earnings of uh, under twenty thousand pounds and fifteen percent unemployment level, mm. whereas people with higher education or greater earned uh, between thirty and forty thousand pounds and have an unemployment rate of less than five percent. Mm-hmm. So that's it's good to get a degree. Mm. Start there. If you can, go to a good university. Mm-hmm. There is a very significant difference in earnings uh, mm. between universities, um, such that the uh, people who went to the London School of Economics, on average, earn about twice what people who went to the Open University earn, for example. Mm-hmm. So if you can get into a good one, do. But, you know, it, all is better than any is better than none. Um, and my third piece of advice is to be a dentist. Mm. 
because so looking at all of the careers and and the earnings associated with them and how spread out they are if you absolutely want to make sure that you're earning a consistent amount of money dentistry is the way to go they, they on average earn about fifty thousand quid and the spread is tiny Right. And mm. whereas you look at something like business studies where, yes, you could hit the big time. They've got the, the highest qu upper quartile, but also uh, a massive spread. And you might be anywhere on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So that's that's my advice if you want to have a sort of successful career. Um, that, but, wonder, but you might on not. On financial terms. You might not. Yeah, if you're happy looking, looking into finances. people's mouths all day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's all about fi finance and career. Uh, if you are interested in economics do that if you really like physics do that you know if you like if you like design do that i'm not saying don't do but if this is just if you're going to do it on a purely how can i earn the most money and uh, consistently yeah. this is this is what you do i wonder if i could be a part-time dentist um because it sounds like a nice little earner you know just bit on the side as it were and um different bit on the side um and um that um, how quick can one qualify? Can't be that difficult. Mm, I think it's a good five is years it? of training, something it's like weird, that. It's weird, isn't yeah. it? Because you could be a doctor and, and you study for the same amount of time and a doctor is every bit of your body yeah. except one bit. And then to study that one bit, which is your teeth, apparently that's a whole yeah. degree as well. It's really strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is it a doctor for everything unless you're a dentist, in which, unless it's teeth? Mm. It's weird, isn't it? It is. It is. We need to explore this further. Um, but then it's the same with vets. Like vets uh, have to cover all animals. They know all every species. single animal yeah. except yeah. one. So it's like, uh, you know, the real niche is being a dentist for tortoises. Yeah. That's that's what people there's a huge market. I think that. there's a reason why there aren't any. Right. Um, so going going back to something um, that you said then, Nick, um, we kind of touched upon this a little bit. Um, but just thinking about what degree, you know, we've talked about what degrees we did do. Well, what degree would you have liked to have done if you had your time again? What would you are, do instead? Are we allowed to have independent earnings, or do we still have to think about our career? As you like. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I don't really understand the question. But so, just to interpret Can as you will. Can he pick exactly what he wants to pick? What he would do if money were no object? Yeah, of or course. Or does he have to think All about right. his? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'll go first. Go on. Art. I wish I'd done an art degree. Really? Like actual fine art? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And I think the reason why is because I, I dropped art relatively early, actually. I was, I was okay at it, but I dropped it because I was doing RE for mm. GCSE, which is a bit of a you know, silly subject. Um, and I was also did drama as well. Um, and I thought, oh, doing art as well. Um, but, and by the way, those two, those first two, I got A's in. Um, and so I thought, oh, I can't do art as well. That's a bit wishy-washy. Um, but I kind of wish I'd continued with it and, you know, who knows, and maybe done it for a degree as well. Um, who knows? I'm actually not that great at art, but I'd, I'd, I'd given it a bash. I think I'd have enjoyed that. Well, you know, turning up is, uh, what, what did... Eight, eight percent of, of yeah, something turning like that. Yeah, yeah. Something, yeah. Unless it's an art degree where you nobody becomes an artist after yeah, it, in which true, case actually. turning up is pointless. Yeah, and um, actually, yeah. I was talking to someone about this the other day. Uh, 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 all the artists I knew, the only two people who actually went everywhere every single day at university to do stuff were the scientists because they were going to the lab to do stuff, um, and the artists. They went off every single day. Um, but to the park to smoke weed. <laughs> probably, yeah. Um, Chris, what would you have done? Uh, well, when I was um, 17 or 18 or whenever you make, uh, make these choices, there, weren't, there was no such thing as a creative writing degree. There was mm. English literature. Um, uh, I, I was 
very good at English literature. Mm. I didn't like English literature. And that was the only real sort of choice. It, it was very mechanic. I just worked out what the formula was for, you know, dissecting other people's writing um, and didn't fi find it intrinsically interesting. And that was the only sort of option really as an English degree. I think there was one in yeah, creative so you, writing you, degree. UEA. UEA. And, it yeah. was, and basically it's you had to be a professional author at the time to, to, you know, it was it was really for... And that's um, a bachelor's, is it? Or is it uh, a yes, master's? It, I, th I think it was a bachelor's, okay. yeah. Um, now there's a proliferation of creative okay. writing degrees. I, I dare say, you know, very, few, it's one of those, it must be a risky degree, right? I suspect very few of the people who do it end up as a professional writer. However, the thought of having spent three years sort of honing your ability to write creatively, I think would have been really Well, it sounds, really it's almost like, let's turn, let's take it, but turn it vocational, you know? And I think that's what the, the sort of creative writing um, degree was very, the, well, the Malcolm Bradbury one in UEA was very focused on that. Like, how can you be a writer? And also, how do you sell your stories? And, yeah. you know, what do you, yeah. what do you, what do you look for in an agent and that kind of stuff mm, from my mm, understanding, mm. Um, which is uh, probably, you know, uh, very much towards the harder end of, of those sorts of arts degrees. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> okay, nice. Nick? Well, I really enjoyed philosophy. So, and I almost became an academic philosopher. And I suppose, so just doing philosophy and dropping the economics might no, have been too close too, too close. close well i i suppose then i would say probably engineering maybe maybe sort of software really? engineering or computer science or something like yeah i mean that that is really my bag um and uh, uh so yeah. you're more like peter than i realized well maybe so but but yeah there, there isn't it's just that i just feel like What's the point of studying something which I can study myself? Like I don't need. I'm no offence to like art historians out there, but I really don't feel like I have to do an art, art history degree if I want to know about the history of art. Like I'm not going to. It's be more exposed. just like accumulating knowledge. It feels. Yeah, I don't want do to say I mean? that because I I don't. I'm obviously I haven't studied, so I don't know. There could be loads of hardcore data analysis in art history, for all yeah. I know. But um, but it just feels like the kind of subject which I can teach myself. Whereas I can't teach myself computer science really because I don't know where to start, and it's hard, and I won't. Yeah. Whereas you know. Okay. Felt a little bit. I know we need to start. Felt a little bit like that when I did my masters in international relations. Very little of it, actually, I would call academic, purely mm. in the way you're doing um, theory of international relations. In most inverted commas, theory in inverted commas. Well, no, but it, I mean, but that bit was, but it was quite small. Mm. Most of it, it just felt like a, a history degree of like yeah. recent, but, but without going into the history theory. Mm. It's just like, oh, this is what happened and remember this stuff kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. We've done it. Uh, that's it. Nice. Um, what was the question we asked? Well, how should you choose a degree? Yeah, I think we've covered that. Yeah, be a yeah, dentist. Yeah. yeah, there we go. All right. Um, thank you, as always, uh, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Nick Hare and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye.